Today is the third Sunday of Advent, and for the third Sunday of Advent, we're going to look at the song of the angels. The song of the angels sung to lowly shepherds out keeping their flock by night. This is a song of peace, a song of peace filled with glory and grace. It communicates to the world, though it was sung to lowly shepherds, it was a song to the world, to this world, to all men, a song that communicates a peace that passes our ability to understand, because it is birthed from a grace that is too wonderful for words. Our text today is Luke chapter 2, verses 8. Through 14. It is the last two verses here, verses 13 and 14, that record for us this very short but powerful song. Luke chapter 8, verses 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this good word, this good news, this song the angels brought to all people. A song sung to lowly shepherds, but a song sung for all men, even us today, 2,000 years later. A song for all throughout eternity. That God, the Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who created the man in the beginning, the man who rejected him, the man who rebelled against him, the man who sinned and fell, And you, God, sent your Son, not out of anger, not out of revenge, but out of love and mercy and grace to save your people from their sins, even when we were your enemies. Father, we thank you for this song of peace. It is a peace that truly surpasses our ability to understand But we know, God, it is a peace that you have brought. We know you brought it because you sent your Son to die in our stead to give us that peace, to make peace with our God. We thank you, Father, for that peace, for that goodwill. We thank you for the glory and the grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 
The song of the angels was a song of glory and peace. The angels sang glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12, give to us the context in which this song is given and the necessary information the angels provided to these shepherds. In verses 8 and 9, we are given the context of shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And unexpectedly, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the Scripture says they were greatly afraid. Now, if you can imagine out in the fields at night keeping their flocks, it doesn't tell us if there was a moon or no moon, if it was a bright night or a dark night. But it was at night. And at best, they would have had a fire. And if they were out with their sheep somewhere, they might not have even been by that fire. What I'm getting at, it was dark. Now, these are shepherds. They're brave men who sleep out in the field amongst wild beasts who want to devour their sheep. And they're brave enough, or at least they're supposed to be brave enough, protect those sheep. And it's one thing to have a wolf or a lion or a bear come after your sheep. But the last thing they were expecting that night was an angel of the Lord to suddenly appear before them. It was terrifying. And it was probably so terrifying that they couldn't even run. They probably just cowered down. It's hard for us to imagine what that would have been like. But I don't think it's hard for us to imagine that they were greatly afraid. And I believe it's fair to say that any one of us would have reacted the very same way if we were to experience this unexpected and glorious appearance out of the dead of night. This was not a dream, it was not a vision, this was an angelic visitation. This was the real thing. This was an angelic visitation in which heaven broke through to earth with the glorious illuminating the darkness. And this visitation changed the world forever. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, as the angel appears before them and the scripture says that the shepherds were greatly afraid, the angel assures the shepherds with these words, do not be afraid. Clearly implying that the shepherds were indeed greatly startled by this unexpected visitation. The angel goes on to tell the shepherds the nature of the news that was being heralded that night. We'll sing this during this Advent season. The great Christmas hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. No, the angel was not named Herald. The angels were heralding the good news 
of God's peace. And the angel says to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good news of great joy to all people. That includes us today. We're not just talking about history. We're not just talking about an event that happened some 2,000 years ago, no matter how special the event was. We're talking about a message that God sent to earth to all people through his messengers. And though it was proclaimed to nameless and faceless shepherds, we don't know who they were. We just know they were shepherds. But the point is not for us to know who they were. The point is for us to know that that message of peace, goodwill to all people is for us today. And we are to take heart, just like the shepherds were to take heart. We are to not be afraid, even as the angels proclaim to those shepherds, do not be afraid. And our temptation to fear is not because angels appear to us. Our temptation to fear is because of the world we live in, because of the hostility, because of sin and death and destruction that men bring because they have rejected God and rebelled against God and insist on being their own God to command their own destiny. And that is a recipe for complete disaster, death, and destruction. And the history of humanity is all too littered with the results of that. But the message that God has sent to us is peace on earth. And there can be no peace without the Prince of Peace. And this is what the angels were heralding. The coming of the Prince of Peace. Good news of great joy to all people. This is what Advent is about. The coming of good news with unspeakable joy full of glory for all people. This is what the gospel is about. The message of good news, of great joy to all people. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what your country of origin is. It doesn't matter how old, how young. It doesn't matter. This is a message to all people. A message of peace, goodwill, great joy. This is what... Our Christian witness is about the power and promise of good news to all people with great joy and unfailing love. This is what the gospel is about, the message of good news of great joy to all people. This is good news that saves and delivers and makes free those once bound in sin and death and darkness. If you today profess Jesus as your Savior, if you today are trusting in Jesus and know that you have no other hope in this life or in death except for Jesus, then you can know that God has saved you and He has delivered you 
from being once bound in sin and death and darkness. This is good news for all people. For all people in the world that God so loved. In His love, He sent His only begotten Son so that whoever will trust in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds the reason for this good news of great joy. The angel declares to these lowly shepherds, you notice that God didn't come to kings. He didn't come to the rich and famous and powerful. He came to the most lowly, to the lowest rank among his people, lowly shepherds living out in the fields, keeping their flocks. And the angel declares to these shepherds the reason for this good news of great joy. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, Notice what the angel says. There is born to you. God didn't forget the, the most lowly among us. He didn't forget them then. He doesn't forget them now. There is born to you, lowly shepherd, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This day, the long-promised, the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior, is come. He is born to you this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, in the house of bread. This day, the bread of life has come down from heaven above. This is the true bread from heaven that the manna in the wilderness could only speak of, could only foreshadow. This is Jesus Christ, the bread of life come down. He is daily supplied to us in the newness of his mercies and his grace. The messenger of God did not only announce the birth of the Savior, but the sign of the Savior. Luke chapter 2, verse 12. The angel says to the shepherds, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. There are many babes born in Bethlehem. How would the shepherds know who this Savior is? The angel gave them a very specific sign. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Not many babies are born in a stable and lying in a feed trough for animals. But this baby was. And it's not that there were just a few people in Bethlehem. In fact, if you remember the Christmas story, there was no room there was no room in the inn. There was no room for them anywhere. Not only was there a census, but there were things going on in Israel. And there was no room. And there was a crowd of people that had come. And it's not that this baby would have been easy to find. And God made sure that the 
that the circumstances of the birth of this baby would be such that these lowly shepherds with no GPS, with no Rand McNally, would be able to go to Bethlehem and they would be able to find this babe because this babe would be wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Lying in a place not designed for babies. Lying in a place that no mother would want to put her baby unless she had no other choice but to lay this baby in a manger. And so we sing the song. We sang it today. Common born. He didn't have an armored guard. He didn't have bodyguards. He didn't have kings and princes and palaces. He had a stable. He had a manger. He had farm animals. He had the smells associated with those animals. He had the hay of the manger. He had swaddling cloths he was wrapped in and laid in that manger, not designed for kings, the birth of kings, but, but for animals. And the King of glory, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, I want you to think about that for a moment. We say those phrases, King of kings, Jesus Christ, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Don't do that. Think about what that statement means. He's not just a king. He is the king of kings. He is the king of every king, past, present, and future. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of every lord, past, present, and future. If there was ever anyone born on this earth that deserved the most rich, the most glorious, the most elaborate place of birth, it was this baby. He didn't become the king of kings. He was born the king of kings. He didn't become the Lord of Lords by defeating his enemies on the cross. He was born the Lord of Lords. And yet he was born in a stable, laid down in a manger. And the first announcement to his birth was to nameless, faceless shepherds out in the field keeping their flock. And he says, you'll find this babe lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. The Savior of the world coming and lying in such humble estate may not have been believed if the angels had not suddenly appeared and so startled the shepherds that their unbelief was dispelled by the wonder and the glory of God. Because I promise you, in the moment those angels, that angel and that heavenly multitude announced the birth of the Savior, the Savior, the Messiah that had been long looked for, long awaited, was not looked for to be lying in a manger, 
was not looked for to be found in a stable. This is the Messiah. This is the King, the Son of David, who will reign, who will defeat the enemies of Israel and once again restore the kingdom. No shepherd, no politician, no Pharisee, no Sadducee, no one with good sense would ever have believed the Messiah would have been born and laid in a stable in a manger with a bunch of animals. No one would have believed it. Not even these shepherds would have believed it. So God sent the message in a way that they had no choice but to believe it. And they were so awestruck by the wonder and the glory of God and the truth of this message, the power of this message, that they were compelled to find this babe and to declare his coming. I wonder, 2,000 years later, after the birth of this King of kings and this Lord of lords, and not only after his birth, but after his life, and after his death and his burial, and his resurrection and his ascension to glory, I wonder if the church today, 2,000 years later, is as compelled as those shepherds were that night to go and proclaim, to find him and to proclaim him, the King, the Lord, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Good news, good tidings of peace, of goodwill, To all people. It's not suddenly appearing angels we need eyes to see today. Though everybody wants to see an angel. Everybody wants to have a supernatural experience. And everybody thinks if I just have some supernatural experience, then I'll believe. No, you won't. You won't. Seeing, experiencing supernatural experiences has nothing to do with believing. That's a myth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie your enemy foist upon you to keep you ever looking for something that you'll never experience probably. And if you did, it's not going to make you believe. How do I know that? Because Jesus himself said that very thing. When Lazarus is being tormented by the flames... I mean, the, 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 the rich man and Lazarus was the beggar. And the rich man is, is being tormented by the flames. And Lazarus is laying in the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man says, just let me have a drop of water. Can't do it. The gulf between us is too big. Let me go back and warn my brothers so that they do not have to experience the torment that I'm experiencing right now. Let me go back and warn them. And Jesus said these words, even if one were to return from the dead, if they do not believe Moses and the prophets, even if one were to return from the dead, they would not believe him. And you know how Jesus knew that? He had not yet returned from the dead, but he knew that he would. 
And the resurrected Christ was not enough for many to believe. And the resurrected Christ is still not enough for many to believe. No, it's not a miracle or an angel you need to see. That's not what we need eyes to see today. It's the wonder and the glory of God that shines all around us, all the time that we need to see. That's what we need eyes to see. God has not left us without a witness. His witness is around us. It fills the very world that we live in. It fills our very bodies that he created. The Savior has come and he has not left us alone. He is with us and dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. And whatever wonder the shepherds experienced that night, ours is no less. In fact, those shepherds could only gaze on that small Savior illuminated by the glory of God shining forth in the heavens. And unlike the shepherds that night, we do not have a glory illuminating from the heavens with angels all around. We have the glory of the Savior himself illuminating within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What more do you need? You don't need anything more. The illumination we have now is not from angels on high, but by the Holy Spirit within. Now in Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us and dwells in us. The Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. What we see and what we hear is a sight and a sound far more glorious than what the shepherds were shown with heavenly hosts that night. As did the shepherds, we see him and we hear him in faith. On that night, the shepherds saw and heard the Savior lying in a manger, a newborn babe. In faith, now, today, his people, that means you and that means me. Today, his people see and hear the Savior ruling on his throne, the Lord of all. He's no longer crying or cooing in a manger. Now he is ruling and reigning in majesty. No longer is he the babe lying in humble estate. Now he is the king ruling and reigning on high. The king is no longer wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. The king is now clothed in majesty reigning on his throne. Now we come to the song of the angels. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And the angels declared, and the scripture says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. If it wasn't frightening enough for one angel to appear to the shepherds, now the scripture says there's a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, goodwill toward men. Such a simple song with such a powerful message. The angel appeared to the shepherds. 
Then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. That means suddenly there appeared very many angels, heavenly hosts, filling the sky, declaring glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Excuse me. The very first thing those angels declared was this, glory to God in the highest. The song of the angels begins with praise and glory to God in the highest. It is the pattern for all songs declaring the good news of God's work. It is the pattern Jesus gave us in the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be, holy be your name. The declaration of glory to God in the highest. That is, the highest Heaven, the highest glory in the highest heaven for the God who is highest above all. It's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to comprehend when we talk about the glory of God. Even here, glory to God in the highest. I thought about the song we just sang, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending. In the very last verse of this song, Yes, amen, let all adore thee, high on thine eternal throne. High on thine eternal throne. Yes, Jesus came to earth. Yes, Jesus descended, condescended. He came to us because we could not come to him. He reached down to us because we could not reach to him. But the humility of Jesus, Jesus clothed in human flesh, humbled even to the point of death, death on the cross, becoming a curse for us. That humility of Jesus in no way diminishes thine eternal throne, the glory of thine eternal throne, the glory declared to God in the highest, the highest heaven. And if you listen to Christians today, if you listen to the culture today, Jesus is not presented as the King of Kings. Jesus is not presented as the Lord of Lords. I know people don't mean ill. I know people write songs and write things and say things with with no ill intent necessarily. 
But Jesus is so much more than my best friend. Jesus is so much more than my private savior. I, I hope, I, I asked Caleb to send it out, Randy Booth of Grace Presbyterian Church in Nacogdoches and the presiding minister of the, of the Wycliffe Presbytery of the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches is preaching a series right now. And the very first series of these sermons is, is called uh, Life in Communion or Life in Community. It is a fantastic message about how we properly understand what it means to be the people of God, to be in fellowship, to be in communion, to be in community with one another. And he talks about this idea of Jesus being our personal Savior. And yes, Jesus must be our personal Savior. But do you realize that Jesus is so much more than that? We talk about Jesus as if he's some hippie child walking around, passing out tulips and daisies to people with tule oil all over him and flowers around his neck and love and peace and, and harmony and unity and, oh, let's not talk about sin, that's such a downer. Let's just talk about love, love, love and peace, peace, peace. And it doesn't matter how you live, it doesn't matter what you believe, I got you covered. That is so far from what the Bible proclaims what the Bible teaches. And I tell people all the time, if you believe that, that's your right to believe. But that is not what the Scripture teaches. That is not the God of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, that is not the Son of God. That is not the second person of the Trinity. That is not the Lord of Lords. That is not the King of Kings. That is not the one who created all things. All things were created by Him, for Him, and through Him. That is not... The Jesus of the Bible. His glory is to the highest. His glory is beyond what we can comprehend. His glory is beyond what we can declare with human words. It doesn't matter how loud we declare it. It doesn't matter how long we declare it. We cannot declare His glory in even a remotely accurate way. Glory to God. In the highest, the angels declared. The God who saved us is a God of glory that is so far beyond what we can imagine. And yet, he humbled himself. He was born of a virgin. He allowed himself to be laid in a manger He allowed himself to be laid on a cross, to be crucified, to die, to be buried, so that he could conquer death and in glory be raised up and ascended and sit at the right hand of majesty on high, ever making intercession for us. What glorious good news was declared that night. And as glory was declared, the glory of God in the highest, that declaration of glory to God in the highest does not make the declaration of what will be on earth an afterthought of less importance. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, 
God didn't forget the earth he created. God didn't forget the man he created and the humanity that had filled the earth he created. Not only was the declaration of peace on earth not an afterthought, it is what will transpire on earth that prompts the declaration of glory to God in the highest heaven. The song of the angels is not only a song of glory, it is a song of peace. It is a song of glorious good news, a song declaring God's peace and goodwill toward men. This declaration of peace is toward men who rejected God, who sinned against God in rebellion so that they could become their own God and command their own destiny. Of course, this could never be. No matter what man's vain imagination believes it can be. In God's love, he sent his son to save us from our sin and to save us from ourself. On that night, God in his grace not only sent angels to declare a message of peace and goodwill to men, but the Father brought forth the Son through the womb of the Virgin to make that peace and that goodwill an eternal reality for the children of God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is the song of the angels declaring God's peace and goodwill. A peace and goodwill that is completely undeserved. You do realize that, church. The peace and the goodwill he proclaimed and he has given to us in Christ is a peace and a goodwill completely undeserved by us. But it is a peace and a goodwill given in God's unmerited favor and grace in spite of what we truly deserve. The song of the angels, therefore, is not only a song of glory and of peace, it is a song of glorious grace. For it is by grace alone that God has chosen to make peace with men It is his peace he has bestowed upon all people, upon you and upon me. His merciful good will poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Glory to God in the highest. Thank the Lord on high for his peace and good will that he has provided for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has provided it. By his grace, according to the good pleasure of his will, not ours. The angels could only proclaim what we have become partakers of in Christ. God is no longer our enemy. He has declared peace. By his grace, he first loved us that we would love him. Once his enemies, now by his grace, we are his children. And all of this through the work of Christ who came to earth to save us. Glory to God in the highest. 
Jesus the Savior is come, and He is Lord and King of all. Merry Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord to celebrate this gift, to celebrate this peace, this goodwill that God has not just proclaimed, but he has made a way where there was no way. So we come and we eat and we drink. We proclaim the body. We proclaim the blood. We celebrate his death even until he comes again because we serve a Savior that is living Because he lives, we live. And death shall never have any hold on you, no matter what happens to you in this earth, in these bodies. Christian, welcome to the table of the Lord and welcome to Jesus. Let's stand and I'll give you your charge today. The brevity of the angels, of the song of the angels, in no way reflects on its power. In less than 20 words, as translated in our English Bibles, the angels and the heavenly host proclaimed a message so powerful that it continues to eternally change the hearts of men and the very world we live in. May it continue to change your hearts. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The song is a message of highest glory, of good news, of surpassing peace, of goodwill toward undeserving men from an all-merciful God and Savior. It is a message of grace and truth. This is the song of the angels, sung in highest glory, sung to men of lowest rank, sent by a God who uses the weak to bring to nothing the mighty. So take heart, church. Don't lose faith because it seems like the mighty and the wicked triumph, for they do not. The angels may only sing the song as they look on, but we, the recipients of the song, are privileged and commanded to not only sing it, but to live it. The rhythm of this song for us is in the movement of our faith lived out in Christ who is our life. We are not mere onlookers. In Christ, we live and move and have our being. We are fully engaged in the spiritual battle against our enemy, already defeated by the Savior who has come and won for us the victory. That is good news. That gives us reason to hope. That gives us courage when we're tempted to fear. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is the angel song sung for highest glory, sung for us, for our peace, for our goodwill toward all people. This song of glory and peace and grace is to be lived out. For all to see and for all to know, God's not sending angels to sing the song anymore. He's sending you and he's sending me to go out and live the song. 
So go live it boldly and make known his glory and peace and goodwill toward men. Merry Christmas. Jesus is Lord. Let's sing our thanks. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you.